Mighty Ape is Australia's entertainment and pop culture superstore. With everything from movies, music, games, toys, books, hobbies and more, Mighty Ape is your one-stop shop for the things that matter most. They constantly have hot deals and exclusive promos. And if you visit their website on the click-through banner on fakechef.net's homepage, then your purchase will help support Good Movie Monday. Mighty Ape, Australia's entertainment and pop culture superstore. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. You mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Please go away. Let me speak for the love of God. Hey, Ben. How are you, mate? Good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really good. <laughs> that was a... Uh... It was, a great, it was a great song that you just played there. I like, I like that we're supporting the uh, Frank Sinatra uh, estate because I, I think every time that song is played, uh, they get like $10 billion. I did not know that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's why. Do you remember Crackle? Yeah. Do you remember? They used to have Married with Children on it, but they could. They obviously didn't have the theme. They didn't have the rights to the theme song. So they if they had like some weird like replacement like that was that sounded similar. And it was simultaneously, I think... Like Channel Nine or something, we're having repeats of it, so you could watch it on that with the proper theme song, and then on Crackle you had to watch with the like, and it really threw the whole it would uh, kind of you know feel of the show off. Oh, like Psycho Dad just wasn't at the same. I appreciate you looking out for me like yeah. that. <laughs> um, well, before we get started, can I just give this to just hand this to you for a second? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I've been lugging Thanks. that. I've been lugging that around for a week now. <laughs> so that happened uh, for people that have no idea what the fuck is going on right now. Last week's episode was pre-recorded well in advance because I went and got married, and um, I've had to lug that thing around for a week. <laughs> well, I'm happy to share your burden. Thank you very much, sir. No better time than to talk about wedding movies, I think. Perfect. First things first, uh, thanks for listening. This is Good Movie Monday. It's the podcast presented by FakeShemp.net, home of the nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name is Glenn Cochran. I was a very dashing groom. And with me, as always, is my beautiful flower girl, Ben. How are you? <laughs> good, good. I've still, still got a plenty of rose petals. <laughs> with that, that uh, pre-record, did you enjoy the week off? I did. I was actually... Uh, I. <laughs> it got to... It got to this Friday, uh, and and I was like, oh, hang on a second, I feel like I feel like so- something's missing. <laughs> like what's like I, it was amazing how quickly I got out of the habit. Yep. of doing the show. It's just like being like because I guess it's so close to our break. It's nice of you to feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it didn't take long. On this episode, as I just said, we're going to get all mushy and talk about wedding movies. But joining us for the celebrations are the groomsmen extraordinaire. We've got uh, Jarrett Garn from Monster Pictures. He's going to be here to update you on the physical media front. Uh, Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Realm will be giving you the latest news from up there. Adam Ross from the Australian Film Critics Association will be recommending something for you. And the Boneheads from Bonehead Weekly uh, will be tackling this subject as best they can. I love those Bonehead boys. <laughs> so do I. Well, it sounds like a fun show to me, so let's get started. Well, we should probably start this episode with some celebrity deaths that have happened since we last hit the mic. Uh, there's been, been very sad. three major ones this time. Um, you have and to... yet none of them Betty White. 
<laughs> no, no, knocking on wood. Um, not your wood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yafit Kodo. Um, is that how you pronounce his name? I've always pronounced it Yafit Kodo. Yeah. yeah. Um, you may know him from Alien and Running Man, Midnight Run, amongst so many more. He's in a James Bond movie, I think. He uh, he is like he's a villain in a he's a Bond villain. Which one is that? Live and Let Die, I think. It's the he's sure Jamaican in it, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. it's the he's Baron Samdi, I think. And he's, it's the one with uh, Jane Seymour. Is the, yeah, Live and Let Die. Uh, solitaire? Maybe. I think. <laughs> We're good at what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was... I always get... Because there's, cause there's the Kim Bassinger character who... who I can't remember what her... Because there's, there's, there's two of them. Because her bond was the bond that wasn't a proper bond. Oh, yeah. It was never say non, never again. Yeah, it was the non-Cubby Broccoli one. But So there is the proper one. And her character is like the, her character is in both, and I used to think there were three. Yeah, but no, Jane Seymour is like a pro, <laughs> she's a, like a canon, a canon Bond girl. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she's solitaire. It is I, incredible I, how many times Bond comes around on this show. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was 81 years old. Um, 87 years old was George Seagal. Seagal, yeah. however you pronounce his name. Um, Seagal. Yeah, Seagal. That was a huge George loss Seagal. there. What was your first memory of him? Because mine was "Look Who's Talking." Yeah, I think um, I think "Look Who's Talking" was the yeah was the first thing I saw him in, and he was kind of a creepy old man. He was that. a sleazy old a man. Sleazy old oh, man. but he was so good at it. Um, and then, kind of, "Just Shoot Me" was the, of course, was the kind of big thing. Cause, yeah, like it's amazing how much more impact like sitcoms can have on you because you watch them every week in your house, as yeah. opposed to like I hadn't seen. That's a good point. I hadn't seen stuff like the Quiller Memorandum or um, Hot Rock. Yeah. Or like, or I remember, or was it um, Carbon Copy with Denzel Washington? No, I don't know that one. Um, that's where he's he's. Den- I think Denzel Washington's his son. He doesn't know that he's had. It's, right. it's a weird, yeah. It's a weird movie. Um, well, I remember him in Roller Coaster, like. That was yeah, a fantastic right. movie, and he played like the inspector, wasn't he? he? Was like the um the guy that sort of inspects the rides and investigates, you know, mishaps. And yeah, <laughs> actually, no. I now that I think about it, now that you bring it up, I think the first thing I ever saw George Siegel in was in when Soul Man came out, and they released <laughs> Sam and Dave released the actually that song started playing on video smash hits and rage again yeah, the, yeah. you know soul man mm-hmm. and they intercut it was all celebrities singing along soul of course man. yes and he's there playing the banjo <laughs> and that was always you know that was his thing like oh George Seagal plays the banjo that guy from look who's talking Looking, yeah. one and two <laughs> <laughs> but i think i saw that before look who's talking like i remember yeah I, I right think, i think i remember watching like look who's talking going that's the guy from the soul yeah. man video like i thought because i thought he sung it yeah like I didn't realize they were all just singing along to Sam and Dave. See, there are some times where you know we feel old because of you know looking back on things, but that makes me feel young. That you know, look who's talking is our first exposure yeah. to him when his career <laughs> was so extensive before that, and we didn't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he passed away of complications uh, following a heart bypass. The same as Bill Paxton, like in like complications with surgery. Yeah. Although I think <sighs> terrifying. Bill Paxton had a reaction to the anesthesia. Was I don't much know younger. What, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what uh, what. George, but it was okay. It was a heart thing, wasn't mm. it? It was a heart. And uh, most recently, Jessica um, Jessica Walter also passed away, yeah. age eighty. Now, play Misty for me. She was the original psycho woman that paved the way for Glenn Close and all these other sort of you know 
psychotic obsessed sort of women. Yeah, and, and I guess it couldn't be more appropriate that she was going psycho on Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Well known <laughs> uh, ladies man, shall yeah. we say. That's a great film. It is. I remember the book. Do you? I in the book. Is it, was it an adaption of the movie or was it a book that the movie was adapted from? I think the... I think the I think... The, or am I thinking of playing Beatty Bo? <laughs> With Peter Phelps. Uh, You're way off. I'm going to put some thinking music in. Uh, Do I'm your work. Looking it up on my phone. I mean, there's, the, the book has... The, book that I've come up on this is uh, like a novel a novel tie-in to the movie well there you uh, go that's probably well that's what I was getting at was it a novel tie-in a tie-in novel he's directed his Clint Eastwood's directorial debut yes uh, and he was a bloody DJ like he just does not play a good DJ yeah <laughs> oh, he's so you keep thinking away there. Uh, she was also in Arrested Development. That was her other iconic role. Flamingo Kid goes to the machine. Like she, she, she had a huge career as well. She was eighty years old and passed away in her sleep. Um, if you're going to go, that's how. That's how you want to go. Her husband uh, passed away not not too long ago as well. I think. Yeah, I, a year ago or something. Or yeah, something, a year ago or something. And she was in Archer. That's right. She's the <laughs> she the voice of the uh, singer in Archer. You know, when, when the news was announced that she'd passed away, uh, the uh, the response was much bigger than I would have anticipated. Yeah. I didn't know that she'd actually had that. I guess so many people were into Arrested Development. That's probably what it was. Like, I wasn't. I'd seen it and enjoyed it, but I wasn't fanatical. I mean, I'm looking at this and it's like ghost. Yeah, like... Ben's tape still heads. thinking here. He's scrolling. Yeah, no, it was totally... It was totally uh, <laughs> uh, play, playing Betty Bo. It wasn't... Uh, play Misty for me. That was a... That's an original film. You wouldn't want to have, uh, have your kids watch one and, and get them wrong. The other, yeah. <laughs> well, one was uh, for school. Uh, <laughs> the Flamingo Kid. Yeah. You know, PCU yep. Pit Party. California Split. Uh, Slums of Beverly Hills. Fun with... Oh, hang on. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm reading through my list of freaking George Segal movies. <laughs> George Segal movies. <laughs> but she was in... Um, do you remember uh, Golden Girl? No. The one... Um, not the Betty White one. <laughs> no, it's like a it's like a Stepford Wives type movie, yeah, right. but, but with athletes. Okay. Where um, Weird. I think it's James Coburn. I'm not sure who the. Do we have any information correct here? Uh, I think I think it's well. I'm just trying to remember if it's James Coburn is the guy who catches on to what's going on, or he's the guy doing it. I can't remember, but they're basically they turn them into like bionic woman, mm. so she can. Uh, yeah, right. No, I haven't seen that. It's like a sci-fi kind of like Looker. Mm. If you remember Looker mm, with yeah. Susan Day? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, anyway, she wasn't. Susan Anton was a star, but she's in. Sad news. All three of them passing within the last uh, week and a half, a week, two weeks, maybe. So, who better to lift our spirits than Jarrett? Hey, this is Jarrett, and welcome to PE Class. Now, I've been told to bring a little light to this segment, as the rest of the episode's been a bit dark. It's been pretty fucking grim, to be honest. So with that in mind, I'm not going to depress you any further by telling you how few releases are coming out this week, and I certainly ain't going to get those razors ready for your wrists by telling you films you're going to have to wait months for on home entertainment. You know, I'm certainly not going to tell you about those exciting titles. No, rather than that, I'm going to talk about cinematic adaptations of Nicholas Sparks' novels and the happy-go-lucky cinema of Lars von Trier. No, I'm not doing either of those. I am going to tell you about the few releases that are coming out this week. And when I say few, I actually mean a couple. 
and couple, I mean two. Roadshow's releasing Wonder Woman 1984 on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and DVD. The 4K has Dolby Atmos, HDR10 and Dolby Vision. It's got a bunch of marketing fluff of special features and that I mean the EPKs, uh, just, you know, short sort of like two, three minutes sort of things. Uh, there's a gag reel in there. There's no commentary or deleted scenes. So yeah, there's, there's that or lack of that. The other title that's coming out is Dragon Rider. It's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. It's a surprise it's coming out at all. In fact, this looks like a $2 knockoff of How to Train a Dragon. You may have seen the ads on TV around December, January, and I pity you if you have children they wanted to see it because this looks like a piece of shit. Uh, in any case, it's getting released on Blu-ray and DVD, and it's a hell of, like, I'm so surprised. This is kind of the thing you'd see on Tubi, and not the good thing you'd see on Tubi, on the low end of Tubi. This is the chum bucket of Tubi. Anyway, moving on to some more exciting news to get you excited about something. Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice is getting re-released on 4K Ultra HD locally on May 26th by Roadshow. Now, this is the newer version. It's the same ultimate cut of the movie. However, it's got the right color correction as per Zack Snyder's supervision, and it has the expanding ratio to move into IMAX uh, for certain sequences throughout the film. Then, Universal Sony Pictures Home Entertainment on that same day, May 26th, are releasing two catalog Hitchcock films to 4K Ultra HD, Vertigo and Rear Window, which is pretty damn cool. So hopefully it won't be too long before The Birds and Psycho see a local release also. Then overseas, some exciting news happening is Disney are going to be releasing Speed on 4K Ultra HD on May 4th. Now, this is very exciting. They're going all out. They've got a Dolby Atmos track for it. They're porting all of the legacy special features that were on the Blu-ray, plus some of them that were on the two-disc DVD that didn't make it to the Blu-ray. They're making their way over too. Look, I love Speed, and I can't wait to hear that score in Dolby Atmos. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, last but not least, Probably my most anticipated release of 2021 is Dead and Buried being released by Blue Underground on 4K Ultra HD with a 4K restoration from the original interpositive of the film. It's going to have Dolby Atmos, Dolby Vision, over two hours of new special features. It's got like four commentaries on this thing. It ports all the legacy features that Blue Underground had on there, 2DS DVD and the Blu-ray plus more. And it's even got local Australian filmmaker who's actually based in Laguna Beach in California. Mark Savage has done a location feature it now and then on it, so I'm excited to see that. I'm very excited about Dead and Buried. Uh, however, it is going to be a bit of a wait for that one. It's not coming out until July 20. And Blue Underground are releasing it with three alternate colors, all lenticular. Um, so they've got a bit of motion to them. Very cool. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Until next time, stay physical. What a guy. Jared Garn, everybody. That dude from Monster Pictures and Monster Fest. All-round good bloke. Um, ben, let's ramble about some wedding movies. That's what we're here to do. Uh, I have a whole bunch of them jotted down. So here are some staples that I'm just going to reel off. If you want to pick one up and talk about it, we can. Otherwise, I'll, I'll focus on one in a minute. So Three Men and a Little Lady has always been a favourite of mine. Classic. Uh, Father of the Bride. I do love my big fat Greek wedding. Wedding singer, Adam Sandler. The Hangover. Four weddings and a funeral. But, you know, those are a bit too obvious, I think. So some dramatic ones that I love, um, and I'm going to pick up on one. Hanging Garden from 1997 with Kerry Fox is beautiful. Melancholia, the Lars von Trier film. But 1998, very bad things. Yeah, right. The yeah. Peter Berg film. Do you love this one? Because I love this one. Yeah, look, I like a good uh, psycho Christian Slater <laughs> yeah. uh, movie. Like, And that was kind of, he was on his kind of way down, Yeah, I guess, like from you know being like... I don't know if he was ever like a, a he was kind of a list. He was he yeah. teetered on there. He was he got to star in a couple of movies that were that were you know kind of cult hits or yeah. what we think of as cult hits now. But you know, but he was he had kind of graduated because he was playing those kind of um, 
you know, just just into adulthood kind of yep. 16, 17, 18 year old yep. kind of characters. And then when he got into his mid twenties, all of a sudden he, he was like a uh, Matthew Broderick. Like yeah, it was yeah. hard to transition out of that. <laughs> and then they've got to wait till they're middle aged before they become popular again. Yeah. But um, I, I do like this film. I used to, it used to always leave a really bad taste in my mouth. This one's called, it's kind of a precursor to the hangover. If you haven't seen yeah. it, same premise, bunch of, you know, mates go to Vegas for the, the bucks party or whatnot you know, have a big night of debauchery and, you know, drunken shenanigans. But instead of losing their memory of what happened the night before, they, they kill a prostitute. Yeah. One of them does, Jeremy Piven, Piven's character. And then the whole film is sort of based around the chaos, chaos of what, you know, that means and how they're going to resolve the issue. But what a cast. So Peter Berg directed, Christian Slater, as you said, um, starred. Cameron Diaz, Daniel Stern, John Favreau, uh, Jeremy Piven, Leland Orsa, and... Um, Gene Triplehorn, like this is a yeah. this is a great cast, and I watched it last night for the first time in maybe ten years, and where I said that it used to leave a bad taste in my mouth because it is so grotesque, like yeah. it does not relent, and it just gets worse and worse and worse and more depraved as it goes. Like I remember it came out around a similar time to Judgment Night, like, yeah, or at least in my mind, like, yeah, they were both out, and it was like another Jeremy Piven movie where. Friends turn on each other when things get tough. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but like, talk about like some great performances. Daniel Stern in particular, because he's the first guy to lose his mind. Like the paranoia, yep. thinks his phone's tapped. You know, thinks there's microchips and shit everywhere. And yeah, I just love the dynamics going on here. Jeremy Piven too. I don't think he's been any better. There's this little moment where he walks out of the bathroom having just accidentally killed the prostitute. And he's frozen in time and his eyes are glazy. Like it's a great yeah. performance. But that was like, you know, that was that period of, of his career when he was like, you know, that whole, there are no small parts, only small actors. And Jeremy Piven was kind of coming up in these, yeah. you know, kind of either small movies or big parts in small movies or small parts in big movies. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, like to this point where you're like, who is this guy? Yeah, John Favreau too. Like it's yeah. sort of the same trajectory. Yeah. For sure. Uh, anyway, so that's one that I love. And I remember when The Hangover came, came out, I was like, this is just like very bad things without yeah. the the grim stuff but interestingly when very bad things came out it was accused of being a ripoff of a movie called stag which was, was an say, hbo remember, movie yeah i was gonna say do you remember stag because that was taylor dane and i <laughs> and that had a big cast as well though but i watched that like years ago but after the knowledge of you know very bad things and i couldn't believe how similar i they thought were. they came out around the same time to be honest i was just i was actually just about to look it up to see when well, they peter berg i thought it was like a um deep impact armageddon type scenario well the they... damage control on it is peter berg had to pretend he knew nothing about this movie stag right? right and then he said after he made very bad things he went back and watched stag and his only response was well if you get you know scorsese coppola and spielberg to all make the same story it's going to look different like that was his defense right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Anyway, great soundtrack too, and I'm going to play a song from it a little bit later on. So, stag. <laughs> no, from very bad things. <laughs> but anyway, what about you? What What's one you've got there that you want to talk about? Surely you've got nothing but Hallmark movies, mate. Yeah. Funnily enough, no. Like the what? majority, the majority of Hallmark movies, or the ones that I've seen, are all about getting together. They're not about getting married per se. Like that. Yeah, that right. happens. That's. Yeah, that's you know three or four years but after. But you, you can't argue there's a lot of wedding movies within the Hallmark stables. Oh, no, there to totally is. We'll save it all is. for the Hallmark episode. Yeah. Or that three-part... That three, <laughs> <laughs> the three-part Hallmark episode. But I, like the same as you, like the... I mean, the one... The big one that I was going to talk about was um, uh, Wreck 3 Genesis, which is the third Wreck film, which is a like a huge departure from the first two 
wreck movies. Wreck if you if you're living under a rock is like a sort of a pandemic kind of yeah, zombie film. zombie pandemic yep. film. Yeah, um, all shot um, POV like yep. a found. It's a found footage. It yep. was in that in the boom kind of uh, the boom, the found footage boom of Blair Witch Project and yep. all that sort of stuff. Uh, and they were Spanish Spanish films, mm. and it was two guys who did the first two, and then they split up and the. Um, uh, Paco Plaza did Rec 3 Genesis and then it was actually quite a while after yep. um, the other guy like, whose name I can't pronounce yeah. Wame <laughs> don't even try Balaguerro uh, <laughs> he tried came back and did uh, Rec 4 Apocalypse so they kind of did what like George Romero and John Rosso did like they yeah, went off 100% in, yeah. they went off in completely different kind of things and, and Rec 3 is a lot more of a kind of gross out comedy mm. Uh, version and they even even going so far as to ditch the found footage thing halfway through. Oh wow! Because it, and and I didn't realize like it, it's you know I had actually hadn't seen it. I've only seen Rec One and Rec Two prior to to kind of doing research for this episode, yep. so I hadn't seen it. And from the trailer, it's all it's all like handy cam footage and stuff. Like wow. I thought that was one hundred percent it, but it starts off that way. It starts off with the um, and this is all I suppose I should uh, qualify it by saying quantify it by saying. It's it's a zombie outbreak during a wedding, yeah. and it's actually happening simultaneously to fantastic what's going on in Rec One and Rec Two, and you do see it on like in the TV, and yeah, like yeah, the, in the priest's room and stuff like that that no one's paying attention to, but you can kind of <laughs> it's see. It's like Lion King Three, all taking yeah. place, <laughs> taking place at the same taking time, place, uh, simultaneously. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, Rec because Rec Two happens like literally minute, starts minutes after the end of Rec One. Yep, like it is like almost like Superman and Superman Two. And this one, it's a wedding uh, between Letitia Adolero and Diego Martin and all their family kind of come together. And then one of them, who in the subtitles is only referred to as, as uncle. <laughs> they never actually say his name, but he's credited as Uncle Pepe Victor in the <laughs> IMDb page, which is great. <laughs> yes. um, uh, is bitten by a dog. That's what he says. Like when he's at yeah, the yeah. Bed, he's bitten by a dog. But then, of course, he goes psycho and like literally... Their entire family, and it's one of those, it is a weird thing. And so it's all starts off, um, it's all being recorded by not the actual videographer who mm-hmm. they've hired to shoot the wedding, but like one of the cousins who is just helping him out with his own handy cam. Yeah, right. And, uh, but then about halfway through that guy kind of, he just disappears. He doesn't get killed or anything. He just finds a safe space to hide out. And then it just follows the rest of the, <laughs> the, the, the couple. Cause it's, it's basically a kind of. You know, it's about the um, the bride and groom trying to reconnect after they've been separated Man, by the by the zombie kind of apocalypse. Sounds but, great. I've not gone this far into the Rec series, like yeah. just one and two for me as well. So, and I look, I, I look, I do really want to go and watch Rec Four, which takes place on a boat. Yeah, right. Um, but I was surprised at how much I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, it's some of the gore is amazing. Yep. Um, and it is quite funny, mm-hmm. but it is. Like like simultaneously, it is it's just awesome. Like I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Um, and that was my kind of that was the the big one I wanted to talk about. But like you, I tried to go. I tried to find some obscure, alter, like yeah. well, not so much obscure, but movies that people wouldn't traditionally think of as wedding movies. Yep. But I think they actually are, and they include Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, yeah, because like the whole movie is about stopping that stopping David Lopan from. It's about him wanting to get married to a girl with green eyes, and about Kurt Russell and. Uh, Mate. Donald Dunn trying to stop it. Flash Gordon, once again, Ming is trying to marry uh, uh, 
what's her name? Dale Arden and Flash trying to find allies to uh, invade the castle and stop the wedding. Man, good work, yeah. Uh, Bend it like Beckham. The whole background Absolutely. of that movie. Yep. Is um is uh, I can only think of her as Kalinda from uh, <laughs> The Good Wife getting married. Uh, birthday girl where um yeah Nicole uh, Kidman Nicole Kidman who like I, I I'm I'm not sure if I talked about this movie on the show before because I only watched it for the first time recently mm. and because it, it was made during a period of time where I'd really gone off Nicole Kidman I think post to die for did that bring you back though and like watching this now I'm like Jesus she's so good yeah like, she's so like absolutely brilliant isn't in that she film. like a Russian mail order bride yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and it's a whole it's a twist on that. Like, yeah, and I mean, the, the the downside of that movie really is that the guy, I think it's Ben Chapman or yeah. something like that, is the, the guy, and he's just too good looking to play that part. Yeah, right. Like, there's no like he's the, you know, he's the the super good looking guy from Truth About Cat Truth About Cats and Dogs because has Uma Thurman and Jenny Garofalo. Because it's always it's everything. always the loser, ugly kind of guys that do the male order bride thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, or it's the older like it's older guys and stuff. And there is a like. When you find out the twist in Birthday Girl, which I won't reveal, but they do have a kind of a montage of other guys who have ordered mail order brides, and they're all the kind of they're yeah. the actual people who would order mail. And it doesn't brides. really gel. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but Coming to America is another one. Damn straight. Do you know I saw I saw um, going scrolling through Amazon Prime or Tube or one of those. Eddie Griffin is in a movie called um, Coming from America. Right. It's the same story. It's, just, <laughs> it's exactly the same. He's an American prince who's gone off to uh, Africa to find a bride. No, he was still from Africa that just came to New York looking for a bride, right. but just switched the title up a little bit. <laughs> Didn't want to get sued. Yeah, I know. Uh, and the other one I had was uh, Adam's Family Values. Excellent. Excellent. Uncle Fester gets married to, is it Joan Cusack? Is that yeah, who he gets married yeah. To? yeah. That is a really good film. Uh, look, I, I look to be honest with you, I have no real, I have no real interest in those Adams Family movies. But thanks to YouTube, I've just been watching all the Christina <laughs> Ritchie stuff, which yeah. is hysterical. Look, I would highly recommend just going back and watching Adams Family Values. Like number one right. is what you would expect it to be, but I think Values is very clever. I think there's a lot more. Well, when you no longer have to introduce, spend all your time introducing the characters, yeah. then you can actually go somewhere. I kind of think it is almost like, uh, for lack of better comparison, it's kind of like what Batman Returns is to Batman. Yeah. You know, like Batman's great. Batman Returns is just that bit better. Like, yeah. But it's not as exciting. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, well, good good stuff, man. Um, Let's see what's going on on Screen Realm. What's happening, everybody? It's Gidman here again from ScreenRealm.com, Australia's favorite entertainment website covering all things movies and television. Let's try to smash some of this movie news out, shall we? Helen Mirren is entering the DC Universe as a villain. The Oscar winner has joined the cast of Shazam! Fury of the Guards on board to play a villain named Hespera. There isn't too much to go on regarding this character since she isn't from the comics, but it is known that she'll be playing a daughter of Atlas and will be sister to the character being played by up-and-comer Rachel Zegler. It isn't known if both the sisters will be villains. Zegler, by the way, is starring in Steven Spielberg delayed musical remake West Side Story. Shazam director David F. Sandberg, who also directed Lights Out and Annabelle Creation, will be back at the helm, joining returning screenwriter Henry Gaiden. Halle Berry is set to star alongside Mark Wahlberg in a planned Netflix thriller. The film is titled Our Man from Jersey, and while plot details are still unknown, a number of outlets are reporting that the film is described as a blue-collar James Bond. Wahlberg and his longtime collaborator Steven Levinson are set to produce the picture, which comes with a screenplay from Safe House and the Christmas Chronicle scribe David Guggenheim. As of now, the plan is to have cameras rolling on this one in London in early 2022. No director has yet been announced. In more Netflix news, get ready for a Bird Box cinematic universe. That's right, Sandra Bullock's hit 2020 Netflix film Bird Box is set to receive a distinctly Spanish-flavored spin-off. 
and it may be the first of various spin-offs set across the world. Attached to direct this still entitled Spanish language film are Alex and David Pastor. His credits include 2009 Chris Pine pandemic thriller Carriers and Netflix's 2020 Spanish thriller The Occupant. The pair will also be writing the screenplay. No plot details have been released, but it is expected to show another area of the world as they deal with the suicide causing entities that have taken over. Sandra Bullock starred in the first film playing a mother attempting to keep her two children safe as everything falls apart. The book sequel, which was released in July 2020, continued on with her character and followed her and the kids as they're forced to leave that school for the blind when the uh, creatures manage to get in. It's no real surprise that Netflix is looking into building a Bird Box franchise considering the first one was a huge hit. The streamer reported that the film was watched by 89 million homes in its first month. It's the second most watched Netflix film in the first four weeks of release, behind only Chris Hemsworth's action Extraction, which by the way also has a sequel in the works. Black Adam, the long-in-the-works DC film set to star Dwayne Johnson, is finally moving forward and they've cast Piers Brosnan, the once James Bond star, will be joining the project as Dr. Fate, aka Kent Nelson, the son of an archaeologist who opens the mysterious tomb of Naboo the Wise and is later taught by the ancient guard to become a skilled sorcerer and wield the helmet of fate. Black Adam is being directed by Jan Piet Serra, who directed Johnson in upcoming Disney film Jungle Cruise, which will also have Emily Blunt, and who also directed films like lively shark thriller The Shallows and Liam Neeson in a plane thriller non-stop. And regarding the light wedding theme of this episode, I'm going to suggest that everyone watch Wild Tales, 2014 Spanish film that consists of six standalone shorts all dealing with the themes of violence and vengeance. The last one is called Till Death Do Us Part and it is an absolute doozy of a little short film, basically it's a short film. I don't want to give too much away but it's set at a Jewish wedding party and it follows a bride who discovers that her groom is cheating on her with one of the guests. It's a absolutely bonkers dark as hell little short that's part of this two hour or so anthology it's awesome wild tales not many people have seen it i don't know why well probably because it's a small spanish film but everyone go see wild tales that about does for me you guys go to screenrom.com check out all the movie news trailers all that jazz i'm out of here no Dicen que no comía, no más se la iba en puro tomar. Jura que el mes mi cielo se estremecía al oír su llanto. Como sufría por ella y hasta en su meta la fue llamando. What a travesty that is, but how glorious it is too. That was Chris Pratt singing <laughs> Kukurukuku Paola, <laughs> a show-stealing moment from uh, the five-year engagement.
Have you seen that film? That that moment might not have translated as well in song, but if you had those visuals, go to YouTube, look it up. It is dynamite. Right. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> anyway, um, take it away, mate. Some more wedding movies. What do you got there? Uh, funnily enough, like I did end up watching The Wedding Date in prep for this because I remember, I remember it being like... Not, not that it's a bad film, although it is a that trope of hiring someone to be your date to a party is a very kind of old and even when this came out, it was like a tired concept. Yep. But I do, I remember it, there, like some there was a, some things about it I remember like that particularly depressing. And when I went back and watched it, and the whole the conceit of this film is that Deborah Messing um, gets invited to her sister's wedding back in England. She's a she's a customer service rep. Yeah. For an airline, I think is like, and it's the most, like, you know, but she's the most important. Like, it's a real <laughs> weird kind of dynamic because when she's trying to leave for the airport, like, one of her colleagues is like chasing her down the the aisle thing, trying to get her to come back to work and help out with her cancellation. And you're like, this is like, she works customer service, like the definition of pack up and leave, and they don't care. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, but she finds out three days before that the guy that she was engaged to, who dumped her out of nowhere uh, two years prior, is going to be the best man. And right. so she panics and then decides to hire an yep. escort. I remember this. Um, yes, to be her date. Yeah, and pretend that they're they're um, deliriously happy and her life is perfect. Which is also a fairly tiresome trope. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a uh, uh, Dermot Mulroney who's actually pretty funny in this, but. He's in a few wedding movies, isn't he? I think he's in, he's in my best friend's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Playing basically the same character, <laughs> seemingly. Um, and her sister in this movie is played by Amy Adams, who I think at the time it was, I think it was like pre-June Bug when she kind of broke. So but she, it was yeah. around the time when she was doing a lot of supporting roles like Drop Dead Gorgeous. So this is before and, Enchantment or whatever that one was. Yeah, Ellen, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, yeah. Gotcha. She, she was kind of on her way. She does like what was that uh, Psycho Beach Party and uh, was that the one with um, Chandler from Friends and uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Hurley and Bruce Campbell? Oh, and, uh, he's the process server. Yeah, what was that? Wasn't Three to Tango? That was um, I can't remember. Yeah, like I mean, it was a pretty good movie. But she's the girlfriend of Bruce Campbell, who uh, you know that he was cheating on Elizabeth Hurley with. Um, nice digression. Yeah, <laughs> a little tangent. Jarrett would be proud. But uh, but the whole thing is that oh, I can't give I can't give it away. But it was some troubling uh, moments <laughs> to it, and I thought I'd, I'd watch it again just to see if my memory was uh, correct. And it it totally like I, well, it's a, it's the major kind of plot twist. I love this. Film. Like not going to give it away, but I don't think a single person listening is going to bother to go back and no. watch it. Like, why Anything it? we it is... talk about, I don't think anyone. <laughs> <laughs> we don't inspire anyone to actually watch no. any of these films. No, the response I got from telling people we're doing a wedding movie episode was like, "Why the fuck are you doing that?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, we I mean, love it. <laughs> yeah, like it is a weird thing, but when you think about it, it's like. It is a pretty kind of common concept in a lot of movies. But it's also something most people can relate to. Yeah. A lot of us get married in our lives. Like it's something that, or yeah. we've been to weddings. Like, you know, why yeah. not Why not embrace these? Damn yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, but so, yeah, like I rewatched that one. But then I was trying to think of like my kind of more traditional favorite ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Wedding Ringer, I really liked. <laughs> a lot of people didn't like it, but I really I liked it. I didn't mind that one. Yeah. Uh, with Kevin, Kevin Hart and Josh Gad and uh, mm-hmm. and Haley Cuoco, 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 whatever, Cuoco, whatever her name is. Um, the one I really liked, which came out a couple of years ago, which I'm also not sure if I talked about on the show, was Plus One. 
with uh, starring Maya Erskine from um, Pen Fifteen or Penis, depending on <laughs> that's that, right. that, that's, uh, that's <laughs> a great comedy show. Um, and she, it's about her and this guy that she used to go to uni with who didn't get along in uni, but they kind of meet at a wedding and then they decide to. Uh, they they feel like they've got like five or six kind of weddings they all have to go to one sure. kind of old college circle of friends so they decide to go together so they don't have to find dates and it's yeah you know or no no hang on no, 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 it's he's got a bunch of weddings she has a bunch of weddings and they decide to go together so they you know they've got someone else yep. to kind of bounce off feels at, it, yeah yeah well and then of course they they do what you do in movies you that's that, that's that's their meet cute, and then they fall in love, yeah. and then you know, then they break up, and then they. You it's know, disappointing when that doesn't happen. Yeah, and it is, <laughs> it's just like she is incredibly charismatic, Maya Erskine, and it just really works. Like the guy is a bit of a wet blanket, yeah, but she is really good, like very watchable, and it, like it was. I really enjoyed. I think I watched it three times in. I watched it three times since then, and it only came out in two thousand nineteen. Well, because you cheekily got an extra one in there. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna edges. sort of um, throw in an extra one too. You know, I watched this this week because I sent you a message. But um, my five wives with Dan- Rodney Dangerfield. Wow. 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 I mean, these were like part of the the last four or five that he made, and they were all sort of a bit of a fairly shonky quality, you yeah. know. But no, no Ladybug. None of them were Ladybug. Quality. Same director as Ladybug. Right. And I went back through the director's um, catalog, and he's done a lot of stuff, but. This movie, man, like it would. I'm surprised it flew then, but it wouldn't fly now at all. So, Rodney Dangerfield just he's a he's old, he's got a huge gut, his eyes are bulging out of his head, and he's doing all those one liners from back in the 70s. I'm imagining he also gets no respect. He, <laughs> I actually, he talks like that, you know, that monologue, yeah. the no respect, it's all that. So, it's one liner after one liner, but it's all sexist. It's all misogynistic, and the premise of it is a multi-millionaire that's divorcing his like fourth wife or something, and then he wants to buy a block of land that's owned by a religious group, and the only way he can buy the block of land is if he becomes one of them. Right. So he converts, and then realizes that the condition of converting is you get three wives. Right. Right. So he's got the two he's divorcing, then he's got three wives, and that's the premise. That's his but five wives. There's a really awful montage where he's like shagging them all. <laughs> I kind of I recommend this movie for how bad it is, and it's it's on Prime. You can or Tubi, one or the other. You can just watch I it. Like I've had it on video for years, but I've never actually watched Molly it. Molly Shannon's like, in it. Like it's got a fairly good cast. Right. Like like all those movies, kind of you know, post Ladybugs. I didn't I didn't really get around to watching the the, the you did that tenor one. <laughs> yeah, the tenth tenor, or the, fifth tenor, the fifth tenor, and then he did the, <laughs> there's the one where he's the godson or the god. It did one like um back by midnight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it did like a. Anyway, so I, look, I just threw that one in there, but I want to talk about one. I, I have a penchant for Aussie cinema from the 70s and 80s. Um, this is one that if you go to Wikipedia when it says, you know, um, you know how it goes, like, what was the reception like? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it has one line that says, a box office disaster. 1979, <laughs> Dimbula. Dimbula? This, I love this film. It's pure madness um it's all about a small town actually shot in the town of timbula in western victoria and it's on the eve of a, a local wedding tells a story and the hijinks of the bucks party the night before because bruce spence bruce spence and then the ramifications of him <laughs> rooting the prostitute or not rooting the prostitute it's never quite known right. but it just has ramifications because small town everyone hears and it kudos is... for using the term root 
as well there. It's been a long time since uh, since could've anyone said, said that. Could have said bonk, but uh, anyway, <laughs> pretty much the entire film is like in a suspended state of drunken mayhem. It's kind of like Don's Party meets Waking Fright. It's that right. kind of thing. And I just, you know, I hadn't watched it in a long time. Just sort of just scrolling through wedding movies. Actually, no, I was watching um, a documentary on Chad Morgan, the country singer. And there's a clip from Dim Buller and then suddenly it struck me, that's a wedding movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hell, that's going to be one I focus on. So I watched it immediately and it's just, it's fantastic. It's always disappointed me that The Late Show never took the piss out of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. As in one of their dubbed things? Like, you know, no, no, I mean like, like, or? Or like, no, I mean like the Bermagui bronze <laughs> was the <laughs> yeah, piss take of Tullingate of Gold <laughs> and uh, Ron's Barney was the piss take of Don's Party. That's right. You well, wouldn't say that if Gough Whitlam was Prime Minister. <laughs> Well, Dim Buller was one of the early films directed by John Dugan, who did um, The Year My Voice Broke and Flirting and Sirens. Uh, the cast, Bruce Spence, Natalie Bate, Max Gillies, um, Tim Robertson, um, Max Cullen, Max Fairchild. It's huge. I was going to say, it, there's a couple of names in there that they had to be in. Like You weren't allowed to make a movie in Australia Pretty much. if they weren't in it. I think Max Fairchild was in everything back then, but he played that, that donk kind of character, like the Drongo. Yeah. And um, oh, look, I just remember... Max Gillies. Like, I, went to, I went to high school with his son. Oh, did you? And it was after I saw Howling Three Marsupials <laughs> where you get to see his ass. It was just so hard to... to so hard to look at his son in the face. I'm like, I've seen your dad. I've seen your dad. Uh, I think because he's to use to use your uh, your parlance. Uh, you see him like rooting in the hospital with the with the um, hospital gown open at the back, and he's like, oh, I need to see bows. And at the time, all I knew him from was Bow from the Bow Repair ads. Oh, oh, oh God, watching, of course, watching Bow. Oh, none of this conversation. Sheila this conversation means nothing to anyone overseas. I can tell you that. But uh, Dimbola, <laughs> get onto it because I think it's great. And look, it has the other um, kicker of having the uh, the Captain Matchbox Whoopi band in it, which I <laughs> love those for some reason. I don't know why. And and like I said, um, Chad Morgan, he's hilarious in it too. But um, all right, let's see what the let's see what the Bonehead guys make of this topic. It might be interesting. I'm excited. Has Glenn lost his damn mind? Why in the hell are we doing a segment about wedding movies? Wed, uh, wed, a wedding I changes musicals, a man. musicals, Chad, would be your most unpopular, but by God, doesn't wedding movies just go right past musicals? I, to, yeah, you know, I, I, I would agree. Want to watch. There, there's a couple. There's a couple. There's a couple that I, if if you all don't mention them, that uh, are rare exceptions. But yeah, wedding films. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> I, I, gentlemen, I disagree. Uh, I think there's. I disagree. Oh, is there another Van Cleef movie where he was getting married or something stupid? <laughs> oh, you're being asinine, sir. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get started with one that I know neither of the two of you are going to talk about. It was written and directed by Alan Alda, and it's Betsy's Wedding from 1990. Now, do I really like this movie? Probably not. But it led to a love of meatball sandwiches because Alan Alda plays the dad of molly ringwald who's getting married she's betsy it's betsy's wedding and he eats meatball sandwiches and as a child i watched this i now eat meatball sandwiches you could say it's because i'm fat but probably that's also true listen to this cast alan alda jolie joe joey bishop uh, madeline Kahn, anthony lapaglia Catherine o'hare joe pesci molly ringwald ali sheedy burt young hell of a cast isn't it does anybody talk about this movie now no. no you know why probably it's fine it's fine just led to my love of meatball sandwiches who goes next all right i'm gonna go more recent then uh, i'm gonna go as of two years ago and it's not really actually a, it's, it's not about the wedding itself but it's about right after the wedding 
and it's ready or not. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's a good one. Okay, I'll get on board with that one. It's more about the honeymoon. It's more about the honeymoon. Somebody's she's getting poked with something. And she's still in her wedding. The whole movie, yeah. she's in her wedding dress. So yeah. it counts as a wedding movie for me. What Ready or Not is about a bride's wedding night. Uh, and then things go horribly wrong for her. And it just gets progressively worse. It's not <laughs> it's just whiskey, Dick, gentlemen. It's only an hour and 35 minutes. And worth every, it, it uses every minute of that hour. That was one of my favorite films last year. It's a, I, and me me and joe do not agree on a lot but we do agree that our our more recent favorite actress is samara weaving samara weaving can do no wrong in my opinion all right i've got two i need to mention because you can't talk about marriages without these two films because the first one tells the epic story of a doubtless seer and a throneless king and the reason it has to be mentioned as a marriage film is because as part of the promotion of the film Columbia Pictures allowed 12 couples to be married on the set as a promotion for the film. So, of course, I'm talking about the greatest romantic film of all time, Kroll. <laughs> the true story, look it up. Kroll, as a promotion, allowed 12 people to get married just the same way that, spoiler, the movie ends. So 12 people got married because of the film crawl and it was a competition folks look up the history of it so one of the greatest marriage films of all time crawl what's the next one and the other one i have to mention because we did do a a certain film with a theme it doesn't start leaving please sadly but i have to mention paper marriage now there's several films that have that title but i'm referring to this referring referring, referring, (laughs) i'm also referring to the sammo hung film and if you've never seen this the second film, time Sam Ho-Hung has come up today, don't ask. So this film, of course, you know him from martial law. The Not Rush Hour ripoff. Martial law. This film was, this movie was filmed in Alberta, Canada. It's supposed to be set in LA and it's in Cantonese. So you can buy it subtitled. I'll just read briefly the, the description. It won't be brief. Uh, nope. A down on his luck Chinese boxer named Bo Chen, played by Sam Ho-Hung. <laughs> accepts promises of payment to marry a Hong Kong woman named Jade Lee, Maggie Chung, so she can get American citizenship. They realize too late that this has all been a setup to a complicated plan to cheat them out of their money. Their adventures continue on when Bo is forced back into the ring and Jade has to try her hand at mud wrestling. Doesn't that sum up marriage? You don't. Th- you think you're out. You think you you're think out, you- and mud wrestling comes right back on in. You're right. Is yeah. That I, I, you think you're not going to get punched in the face anymore? Bam. So Bam. if you've never mud seen wrestling. Paper Marriage, it's available subtitled. Check out Paper Marriage. I do recommend it just because. Oh, it's somewhere between Three Stooges. I don't know. Pride and Prejudice. It's somewhere in that range. So check that out. But Crawl, Crawl, great marriage movie. Twelve Stop. people. This has been Weekly Fun Size. Twelve people in America got married because of Crawl. Well, Ben, I I can get behind meatball sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I reckon I've heard Jarrett Pratt on about Betsy's Wedding many times before. I do. I know he's a big uh, Alan Alda fan. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with those guys? I mean, wedding movies are grouse. Yeah. I just think you just have to look a little deeper. Sometimes movies are wedding movies that you don't even think <laughs> are wedding movies. I did enjoy the crawl aspect of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Bonehead. Uh, Bonehead are Joe, Chad, and James. The Bonehead Weekly Podcast is wherever you find your podcast from. Great work as always. And Chad, yeah, Chad gets my my um, my thumbs up for his ready or not reference there. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, look, I and I totally agree about uh, Samara Weaving. I don't, you know, 
In recent years, I don't think she's put a foot wrong performance-wise, although I have not seen the Bill and Ted, the third <laughs> Bill and She's fantastic Ted in it. Like, she yeah. really steps up to the plate and embraces the mood of the film. Right. Yeah. Like, she's kind of, like, become a final girl with real credibility. Yeah. Like, I mean, I loved her in, in Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I thought she was hilarious in it. Like she's only got a couple of lines, but she steals the scene, right. all the that's scenes right. that she's in. Yes, I forgot she was in uh, it. She's great in Smilf. Smilf. I haven't seen that one. The TV. It's a t- it's a TV series. That's so why, you wouldn't that's have why I you seen wouldn't it. have watched it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Ash vs Evil Dead. She was great. She was great in Ash vs Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, you know, like a there's a there's that she's in two Aussie ones, or one Aussie one with the. Uh, I can't for the life of me remember the name of. It's like a she's like a bad influence. It's like one of those, mm. you know, best friend slash sexual relationship parents don't approve bad influence yeah. type ones where like she's a like delinquent type like, of thing. Like a like a bad influence with Rob Lowe and James Bader. Kind uh, of yeah, thing. yeah. Like she's kind of leading. Well, the... we'll have to get her on the show and ask her what that one was. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've we dealt with her father at Monsterfest. Because uh, she's she's Hugo, uh, Hugo Weaving's niece, niece. Yep. but her father uh, ran a mini monster fest in Canberra for oh, one you're year. Kidding me? Yeah, that's amazing. So she's actually got ties, loose ties to monster. Yeah, very, very. <laughs> her ties are very loose. But yeah, <laughs> her father. Uh, uh, yeah, was a pretty good guy. Cool, uh, pretty nice guy. All right. And unfortunately, I don't think I don't think it worked in Canberra like it did at that. I don't know if anyone through no fault of it. his own, but it, like it was that's Canberra no, for you. It wasn't his fault. It was just uh, like it was. It was a fairly late in the game. And, Maybe if um, you had played a porn festival, they'd be into it. <laughs> so more porn films produced by the head of the uh, classification. So board. my next wedding movie. <laughs> it's more of a marriage movie. It's War of the Roses, nineteen eighty nine, oh, yeah. the third collaboration between Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, and Danny DeVito. Um, so I guess instead of getting the the third Romance in the Stone movie, we got this one. Um, but it's all win anyway. Like it's a yeah. great film, and this one was directed by Danny DeVito, and it, it depicts the the scathing and ruthless divorce proceedings between Douglas and Turner, and it's just essentially husband and wife bickering. But really, it gets really vicious. Like the divorce gets really ugly, and you know, and then Danny DeVito kind of plays there the Michael Douglas's lawyer, but he kind of narrates the film as well. Like yeah. you know, it's from his perspective. And just so many like little um, moments in the film, like showstoppers, where they you know they're arguing from upstairs downstairs, and those kind of moments, like it's just all one set, but it's just so well staged. But you know what's wrong with it though, right? What's that? It d- didn't have a Billy Ocean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was no Billy Ocean song that they all were in the music video. Of. Did the did Jewel of the Nile have a Billy Ocean song? I think it's only the one. Just only the first one. In the stone, yeah. Mm. I mean that's yeah, and that was a great music video. It's so good, <laughs> so. Good. Do you remember when music videos were like that? You talked about one before, but we also had the bloody um, Paul Simon with Chevy Chase. Yeah, you could know, be my bodyguard. Celebrity cameos in music videos, man, I love it. Was it. So good, and, yeah. You know, I was trying. To, I had one. I just had one on top on the tip of my tongue, and I completely forgot it. But yeah, that's right. We were talking about Soul Man before, yeah. which was full of them. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, dra- I was thinking of Dragnet with. Uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Dan, Dan Aykroyd, and they do the they actually release that as a single. Ghostbusters, like this is you know, yeah, hell, you, the the actual characters interact when they're more than just clips from the movie. They actually yeah. get the cast in to actually do stuff. You could be mine from Terminator Two. 
Yeah. Like, you know, Terminator was in their music video. Like, it was, yeah, beautiful thing. I think they I think they really missed out on, a, on an opportunity in uh, Batman Forever when they had the seal song and it's all full of the... The rose on a grave or whatever it is, and it's, Kiss all, from it's just a rose. <laughs> it's such a great song, and yeah. it, and it's probably the best thing about that the, film. The soundtrack is the best thing about that is, film. Is the best thing, but it, like it really works well the way mm. they cut it in. It's just a shame that they couldn't get Val Kilmer and Nicole Kidman to uh, come in and sing backup. <laughs> well, do you remember the end? The end. It's not really a music video, but the end of um, uh, Saving Silverman slash Evil Woman. Yeah, yeah, great they film. All they all jump up on stage with uh, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, yeah, and it's <laughs> like Ali, Ali Ermi, Jack Black, yeah. Steve Zahn, yes, uh, Amanda Peet, oh, and uh, and of course uh, Silverman. What a truly Jason, underrated uh, film that is, Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs, a truly underrated the pie film. Fucker. Yeah, oh, God, that's good. Well, American Pie Three is a wedding movie. It certainly is American yeah. uh, American wedding. American wedding. Yeah, that's a good one too. It's, it feels different to the rest, but you know, I like it. Yeah, not enough band practice for my life, <laughs> but you know, it's fine. I, I really I enjoy. I have to say, my favorite of the franchise is American Reunion. Yeah, mine too. The esky scene. <laughs> yeah, so good. But the, and the fact it's the first time in a movie where they, there's been a shit gag where anyone ever actually mentions that they have to wipe their ass afterwards. Yeah, I like I was always watching. Like, are these guys just? Like, is it not touching the sides? Yeah, Whenever I know. they do these they things. Up come the pants and off they yeah. go. Yeah, and I know. And no one's like, this guy stinks like shit. <laughs> like a, only Stifler. These are the same people yeah. that don't say goodbye on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hang absolute assholes. Um, I think we did a video about that one, about American Pie. Was it you and I or was it Keith and myself? Whole episode, a whole video of the, let's talk about American Pie movies. Oh, must have been. I couldn't tell you. My, I, I, I can't remember playing Misty for Me versus playing Beady Bo. I can't remember what I've talked about. Well, I think I was talking about War of the Roses, but you go ahead and um, give us another. Uh, well, I mean, look, there's some great ones like Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is which is really good. Which they're remaking. Uh, which, which that's ridiculous. Muriel's, <laughs> Muriel's Wedding is classic. is a classic, even though that's funnily enough not really about. That's probably the one that's least about a wedding. Yeah. But it's all building it's, up to, yeah. Well, it kind of is, but she gets married, but it's, it's like a, it's, it's not fraud. Like a, it's a fraud, yeah. yeah. But it's not like a, it's the movie is actually about her relationship with her family and yeah. her relationship with yeah. um, uh, Rachel Griffiths. But um, you know, Crazy Rich Asians is kind of a wedding movie. I well, guess. that's like just another one of those sort of um, my big fat Greek wedding type yeah. of things. Like just change the no, like ethnicity. Yeah. Eth- yeah, that's right. Ethnic wedding. Yeah. Ethnic Because there's wedding. an Australian one too, like Ali's wedding. There was my yeah. big, there's another, my big Italian wedding. Yeah. Little Italy. Like they're all the same. They're all the same. But the one that I actually quite like, and it is possibly the tamest of all the Catherine Heigl romantic comedies, mm-hmm. but I do really like 27 Dresses. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Like I've got no like, issue uh, there. You know, it uh, it's you know, Ed Burns is in it. Uh, yeah, and I can't remember the who I can't remember the name of the lead, but he's I actually I really like him. The more I see of him, the more yeah. I like him. Uh, he's popping up in everything. He's in the Sonic Get the Hedgehog movie. He's James. Oh yeah, no, you're talking about the guy from the stand, uh, James Marsden. James Marsden. Yep. James Marsden is the kind of is the male lead, and the the whole premise of the film is that she's been a bridesmaid never a bride and she's yeah. like she's the maid of honor in 27 weddings so she has this it's closet full the of the wedding planner all over again 
Yeah, but much better than the wedding, <laughs> much better than the wedding planner that J Lo. That's yeah. oh, god awful. Um, and the mother in law, like those. There's that monster in law, monster in law. Yeah, the wedding planner and um, what was that other one? The um, the maid, the one where she's the maid, maid of honor. No, she's she's made in Manhattan. Made in Manhattan. Yep. Terrible J Lo movies. Like I like Made in Manhattan. John Hughes wrote that. Yeah, I know. Just just a just a kind of a travesty. Like this. Miscast, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the movie so. so much as the cast aren't really kind of appropriate yeah. for, for it, and she's she's probably too old to be playing that part. It's the same as she, in the in the last movie that she did, where she's I think she's going. I can't remember. She's going out with Milo Ventimiglia in in the movie, like Milo Ventimiglia uh, from Gilmore Girls. Who and look, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a common trope the other way around with mm. older men going out with younger women. But I mean, J Lo, I think was. 50 and mm. Marla Ventimiglia is probably 30. There's a massive age gap between the two, but they're, it's not that the, the age gap exists. It's that they're supposed to be playing yeah. similar ages. And she works at a, <laughs> she works at a supermarket. Yeah, that's right. And then, but it, like, it's such an outlandish kind of story. That one, that, that last one, uh, though I did kind of enjoy, I just wanted to enjoy it a lot more, but 27 dresses. Like I actually, <laughs> like I've got a really real soft spot for it. It's like, such a kind of crazy concept, but I do love I I do love a kind of a clueless Ed Burns. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In a in a movie, definitely. I can. Go um, with he that. always he always adds a lot of kind of respectability to uh, and and a, a good grounding to those kind of movies. And Catherine Heigl, despite her kind of troubled reputation, she's come around though. Well, I think they I think it's kind of come across that maybe it's uh, Out of a bit unjustified, yeah, like yes. that kind of that. Uh, Reputation, that reputation, sort of, yeah. but she—I mean, she did slag off. Oh, for sure. Like, no, old, I feel like I do feel like you know a lot of it was self-inflicted, but I do yeah. think she's redeemed herself quite well. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of legends, Adam. Hey guys, it's Adam here from Adam's Just Seen and Triple M and a couple of other outlets that I'm helping out with my movie reviews at the moment, and I am here for another good movie Monday recommendation. This week we are doing wedding movies. Now, in classic style. I'm going to subvert that and pick a weird wedding movie for you. The movie that comes to my mind when I think about weddings, cinematic weddings, is The Deer Hunter. Now, my personal relationship with this film is, is that back in the day, a long time ago, when I was a kid, I wanted Foxtel. Foxtel was the Netflix before Netflix. If you had Foxtel and you had a movie channel, I was guaranteed to be your friend. And so I nagged my rugby-loving father, and I told him that we needed Foxtel, and I managed to con him into upgrading the packages and getting me these movie channels. And one of the movies that was on that channel was The Deer Hunter. Now, I was going through a phase, I was already working at the video store, and I was just trying to consume as many movies as humanly possible, and I was working my way through the war classics. I was obsessed with Platoon, I loved Apocalypse Now, I was watching Casualties of War, and I needed to watch this one. Now, the only thing is, is that every time this movie screened, I didn't realise that it was a butt-numbing three-hour film. You know, everyone's going on about the Snyder Cut being four hours, but this was one of the first movies that I ever saw that was willing to go that long. And so I would be subjugated to the first hour of this movie, which is basically an hour-long wedding scene. Uh, in hindsight, I mean, it's brilliant. This movie's a triptych. It works in an incredible way of building up these characters and you're getting to know them before they're put into peril. But I, as a kid, kept running late to school and not doing my homework. 
So I reckon I watched this wedding scene about three times before I got to the actual nuts and bolts and Vietnam War elements of this film. And look, once I did, it absolutely blew my socks off. This is a film known for its brutality. It is a severe movie. It scared the shit out of me. I mean, I didn't know what Russian roulette was. I do now. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, this has got some of the most suspenseful scenes committed to film. It was controversial for its depiction of brutality. Um, but it was also incredibly critically praised. I mean, Oscars were given to Michael Camino. Best picture, best supporting actor here for Christopher Walken, incredible performance. Um, you know, and, it, and at that time, going deep into movies, it just solidified to me what a versatile and incredible performer Robert De Niro was, and as well as Meryl Streep. So, look, if you haven't seen this one, or you've been put off by its length, and you have seen the Snyder Cut, grow up and watch The Deer Hunter. It's one of the best war movies ever made. Uh, and yeah, about numbing three hours. So, five stars from me. Check it out ASAP. You know, uh, I actually ran into Adam on, uh, on last Monday night, funnily enough, after the show yeah. at the uh, screening, a preview screening for uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Now, I don't think he recognized me. Oh, surely he must have. He's been uh, on like, Zoom with you. I know. And I, like, I wouldn't have thought that I'm, you know what it I'm is. a face you forget. You know, like, no, you know what it is. He's like Triple M, ABC Radio. He's on Ticket TV. <laughs> He's just become an arrogant cunt. He's, uh, <laughs> he's just too big for me. Yeah. Like, he did say hello. Oh, so he, but he, it was he like clearly, a, he clearly. Just like a, like, I think it was more because I was saying hello to him than he. Ooh, than God he, forbid. Than he uh, had any, like, I just, you know, I was like, oh. oh so well, anyway, so. Like, now he's got his own theme song. He doesn't, he doesn't need us little people. Anyway, that was the final episode of Adam's Just Seen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. No, thank you to Adam. Um, he's popping up everywhere at the moment. It's good to see him getting some good stuff uh, under his belt. Uh, before we go to the honourable mentions here with you know a final roundup of uh, wedding movies, let's visit with the Astor, see what they've got coming up this week because it's their 80th anniversary. 85th anniversary, I should say, this week, which is um, exciting. They've got a huge lineup. So from tonight, which is the 29th of March, they're screening The Untouchables at 730 on Wednesday night, they're hosting a red carpet premiere of Billick, Beyond the Canvas, which is a documentary about the life of artist Charles Billick. So they're going to roll out, out the, ca the, the carpet for that one. Thursday's a banger, though. You've got um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Pretty in Pink, 7.30. Excellent. Friday, which will also be Good Friday, they've got Life of Brian at 5 o'clock and Blues Brothers Mission from God Edition at 7.30. Whatever Mission from God Edition means, what is that? I don't know. Because there's no alternate versions of the film, is there? Yeah. Unless it's like a remaster. Maybe it's a sing-along. Oh, yes, that'd be great. I, I don't know. Follow the bouncing ball. Yeah, I oh. don't know. You know, like, funnily enough, a couple of years ago, uh, I read this article about these people talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off and how, mm. you know, they didn't think it was anywhere near as good as everyone said it was because they, they didn't identify because he's, like he's like a rich white kid kind yeah. of thing, like ultra-privileged, and that wasn't their... Mm -hmm. kind of high school experience and I just remember reading that going it's a fucking movie yeah I know like do you have does it have to <laughs> does everything have to be about you can't you just enjoy it for but there's not a lot of privilege going on in the film other than like I know they go to a swanky restaurant and that, but they, they lie their way into the restaurant I know but it's just like they live in a big house they're oh. all like they go to a you know a relative white it's, picket fences I mean God, come yeah. on like that's the American movie yeah but it is like that that kind of well to do suburb New York suburban kind of 
I get it. Maybe because it came off the back of Breakfast Club where they weren't privileged kids. They were sort of, you know, the the, the losers. But even those, that was like a well-to-do kind of high school. I think these people were like, they probably identified with class in 1984 more. Or they're like inner city, you know. Class of Newcomb High. Gang, (laughs) gang ridden schools or whatever. I don't know. Fucking warriors. I just remember thinking, yeah. I just remember thinking like, this feels like a bit, uh, yeah. Check yourself, mate. Well, Saturday night they're also doing. Um, sorry, Saturday afternoon they're also doing Life of Brian at twelve thirty, then at three thirty, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, followed by Willy's Wonderland and Mandy at seven thirty, then finally on Sunday, Demon Slayer the movie at one thirty, Karate Kid at four, and Amadeus director's cut at seven. It's huge. It's a huge week. I didn't know there was an Amadeus director's cut. Yeah, there is. Um, I think I've got the DVD somewhere here. What? Yeah. I um, didn't think that they were, I didn't think they'd they screwed it up and needed one. No, well, you know, Milo's Foreman, he's a bit of a, you know, wanker and thought he'd, thought he'd oh, he tack did. on a little bit more. <laughs> Can you call the man who directed a Conan movie? Oh, yeah. No, that's not him. That's, no. Uh, <laughs> John Milius. John Milius, yeah. <laughs> well, he directed uh, People vs. Larry Flint and Man on the Moon. Yeah. Didn't do a lot of stuff with Schrader? Oh, maybe. But if you want to win a pass to the Astor, then share your personal experiences with the Astor in our comments section below this episode. The winner will be chosen at random and contacted directly. So, Ben, we're just about done. I think it's time we reel off the rest of our list. What, whatever else we've got. Uh, what else? I've uh, got... Uh, How about Top uh, End Wedding? Like, talking Aussie, Aussie wedding movies. I, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bother, even though it does star uh, one of the ex-cast members of the bill <laughs> as the dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's got um, uh, Kerry Fox in it. I love Kerry Fox. Kerry Fox is good. Yes, yeah, so I reached out to her. Hoping I'd be able to nab her for this episode so we could talk about The Hanging Garden and Top End Wedding. Shallow Grave? Well, it, that's not a wedding film. No, not for this no, episode. But it's kind of I fortuitous. Oh, I didn't think you wanted to talk to her about for this episode. No, for this I was last minute ditch effort. Like, right. oh, maybe we could get a guest for this one. Um, but it could be fortuitous because she might get in touch after the fact and I'll say, hey, we'll open it up to let's talk about everything. Let's talk about your career. Yes. Um, I know Jarrett loves Mike and Dave need a wedding date. What a great film. Yes. Yeah, I do th- I thoroughly enjoy that. Do you remember The Bachelor? The Bachelor. Yeah, with, with Chris the... Chris um, O'Connell? Yeah. O- O'Donnell or whatever. Chris O'Donnell? Yeah. And Renee is it Renee Zellweger? Yeah, the, propo- yeah, go on. He's got to propose he has to find it. It's like a Brewster's Millions, but he has to propose before a certain thing. Is it or... that one or Runaway Bride where you got all the brides running down the road? Like like No, it's that it's that one because yeah. he's he he's he, the bachelor. It becomes known that he he needs to get married to inherit yeah. mil- this million, ten million dollars or yep. whatever it is, and he proposes to his longtime girlfriend, played by Renee Zellweger. And it's like, well, uh, I guess you better shit or get off the pot. So, <laughs> how about it? Is <laughs> his proposal, which is pretty amazing. You know, from I'm shocked that she said no. From memory, I've only seen it once, but I think Tag was a wedding movie, if I'm not it, mistaken. It is. Yes. I think that is an outstanding comedy. It had me in stitches. You know, I've just. Uh, I mean, it's a very loose, very loose tie-in. <laughs> but I finally found a copy of the Australian VHS of Tag, the assassination game with Linda Hamilton. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. So good. Very loose tag. Uh, yeah, very loose tag. Just, just, oh, just tie-in to Tag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, those slow motion shots of those guys running around the corridor, that just slayed me. Yeah. Slayed me. Just Married, uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher. There's another one. Yes. Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. I actually uh, like Wedding that one. Crashes is a classic. Of course it is. Stone Cold Classic. Uh, Still Magnolias. Yes. Yes. The, uh, absolutely. the Graduate is a wedding movie. Forgetting yeah, Sarah Marshall. Yes. Bridesmaids. Yeah, I, I like Bridesmaids. Um, 
that was that was good. Uh, probably the only chink in her career, I think. Although I haven't seen our Brandy's Crisis, but the proposal with Sandra Bullock. Oh and yeah, yeah, Betty White. Betty White. Oh. Considering I don't particularly like the movie, like because I don't like Sandra Bullock's character in it. Yeah, uh, I've seen that movie an, all for the campfire <laughs> scene, right? <laughs> awkward amount of times. <laughs> no, just for the guy over the office stripping. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's Mary Steenburgen is in it and yeah. uh, Craig T. Nelson and yeah. I love them and Ryan Reynolds uh, and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is pretty yeah. good but he's like his most straight yes yes, and like uninteresting in that yeah. film and Sandra it's Bullock true. is not a nice person and she doesn't really Redeem come herself. good yeah. or anything like she doesn't have a change in personality so mm-hmm. why why they fall in love is yeah. you know like a bit weird I also have Only You written down Robert Downey Jr. I do like Only You. Yeah, that is good. That was um, a, there was a spate of those kind of like um, French Kiss and stuff like that. It yeah, his kind of all off travel. the back of When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, that's a that's about it for me. I, I, what else have you got? Uh, something borrowed. Princess Diaries two. I quite enjoyed with Chris Pine. <laughs> You've got to be joking! Like I cannot tolerate that film. I love I, the first one. I can't watch the first one, but I like what? the second one. What? John Reese davies We've switched places here, yeah. mate. This is like Freaky Friday. Yeah, I like the I like the dodgy sequel and you like the uh, the big budget original. The legitimate original. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I must admit it was funny to see um, Julie Andrews slide down that stair rail. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hector Elizondo is in it. And yeah, he's I mean, great. He's, they're all in the first one. So yeah. it's, but John Reese davies and Chris Pine are enough to... You know, kind of elevate the. Uh, but you know, one. you know, you're in trouble when John Reese Davies rocks up, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he is, he is generally only uh, even as a villain, he's only allowed to be the villain in uh, in uh, sequels <laughs> and uh, you know other kind of director uh, video trilogies, like mm. yeah, part threes and stuff. He's not really a, a <laughs> first movie villain. Uh, that's that's Sean Bean kind of territory, really. When you. Uh, looking at it, uh, what else did I have? Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, I quite like that movie. Mamma Mia is a wedding. Movie. Oh, don't uh, go there. But uh, uh, they're doing I a did... third one for fuck's sake. Oh, I didn't need to watch. I don't need to watch any of them uh, ever again. Um, but one I did kind of like, which and it's not a great movie. Like the acting leaves a lot to be desired, especially by I can never remember if he's actually Australian or he's New Zealand, but Martin Henderson, and it's uh, Bride and Prejudice Ooh. by the same director who yeah. did it, like Beckham. Yeah. I do have a bit of a soft spot for it, though it is a bit mm. weak. I don't like in it. In parts. Um, what happened to him? Like, he, he went and did that movie Talk, and everything just went downhill from there. For Martin Henderson. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's like they were, he's not from a not having enough chances. Like, he's yeah. in. But he was uh, really at the cusp of maybe breaking through, like, in a big way. He, there was a t- there's a TV series uh, where he plays like a kind of Doctors Without Borders type type guy. Um, I can't for the life of me remember the name, but that actually hmm. it only went for one season. Okay, but that was really good. And he was really good in it. Oh, there's no um, denying that he's good. But that's my point. Is oh, like no, he's just say, he's no, been he's... threatening to breach you know Hollywood and <laughs> in Bride and Prejudice he's not good and like it, <laughs> you know like because it was it Ring or Ring Two or something like he pops up in one of those as the like lead opposite um, Naomi Watts. Yeah. Oh no, that's what he's in now. He's in that. Um, he's in that Netflix series about the nurse. The she's the. She's not a nurse. And she's not a doctor. She's like the midwifey type. Uh, she's like a midwife or something. Who and she escapes. She's a. Okay. Her husband or fiance dies in a horrible car crash, and she has something to do with it. 
And so she runs off to this town in the middle of nowhere. It's like a Northern Exposure type TV series. Okay. <laughs> and it's a Netflix exclusive. Oh, I do know the one. Melissa, my um, partner, my wife, Melissa, <laughs> watched it um, not too long ago. Yeah, it's just season two has yeah, just dropped. Okay. Like that's, he's in that. He's the kind of too much, male lead. Too much Martin Henderson talk for my liking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spent a lot of time talking about a guy who got his start from, what was it, uh, Echo Point? <laughs> Or like, what was that? It was one of those, yeah. one of those Aussie, Echo, Aussie Echo Beach. Echo and Beach and, <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway. Um, any more? That about it? I think that's that's all I've got listed. Well, that's okay. Uh, I think I think we're done enough. I think I think, I think, I think we've probably lost all of our sure. listeners already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was quite a stretch even for us, I guess. But um, next week's exciting because Jarrett's going to be joining us. So yes. we're going to have Jarrett on the desk and we're going to be talking about random movie purchases. Recent, recent movie purchases, my friend. Recent. Okay, well, it's going to be the Jarrett show. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm just looking forward to sort of, you know, having having you know, the three of us at the desk and just you know, sparring off each other. Should be fun. Don't forget to keep up with us on social media. We have brand new videos going up on YouTube and Facebook uh, tonight and Thursday. Happens every week. Thanks, Ben. It's been a pleasure. It has, and uh, congratulations. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, big thanks to some of those people who support us. We've got the Astor and Secure, Eagle Entertainment, Lunar Driving, Four Pillars Gin, and most of all, thanks to you for listening. Please share this episode on social media. Get your friends involved. Help us build a community around it. And as I alluded to before, we're going to end the show with a song from Very Bad Things. It's a song I've loved for years. It's called Dirt by Death in Vegas. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.